So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. After my conversation with Ricky Morris, this week's fantastic open book of a guest, I couldn't help but wonder whether I and many others like Ricky and me, who for so long have struggled to pinpoint our authentic careers, had been asking ourselves the wrong soul-searching question all this time. Instead of always asking ourselves what it is we can possibly do to be helpful to others, should we have instead just been asking ourselves how are we already helpful to others? Because there's a meaningful difference between these two questions. How can I be helpful to others versus how am I already helpful to others? The former requires that I rely on my tiny little brain to come up with an answer and then hope and pray that turns out to be my best answer. While the latter requires only that I look backwards because the answer is already there. All I need to do is just look back and pull out that one most simple string, that one way that I've been most helpful to my family, friends, and colleagues throughout the years. And do so, by the way, without overthinking it. And that's the tough part. In our endless pursuit to figure out our careers, my experience is that we almost always tend to overthink these answers. And oftentimes we overthink these answers because we either don't like or somehow refuse to embrace the truth of what's being presented to us. So with so much gratitude for her willingness to share her journey and struggles along the way, I give you Ricky Morris. So firstly, thank you for agreeing to do this and for being willing to share your story. No problem. Let's start off. Firstly, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is I'm doing here on this planet? Every single day. Um, I actually read the book, Purpose Driven Life, to try and figure out what my purpose was. Um, I just recently got back um, really connected with church and just you know, trying to weed out all the things that I've done in my life to figure out why I'm here and why I'm gifted with the talents that I do have and how I can use them. Yeah. And what, um, what do you make of it so far? Where, where have you netted out? I mean, I have used, I, I can sing. So I've, you know, sang in gospel choir. I, whenever someone wants any kind of voice, I use it. I've um, sang background for people. Um, and then my, I'm told I have a good speaking voice, so I did radio for a while. I also am a writer. Yep. I, I went to school for broadcast journalism, and so I, um, I discovered through that, through my lessons, um, that I really enjoyed interviewing people and writing their stories. So I took advantage of that. Like Once I got these internships and these jobs where I got a chance to interview people, I just I took off with writing stories and writing everyone's story. And so whatever it is that I can do kind of well, I just have put myself in it until it kind of runs out. Yeah, and Ricky, how, um, how far back 
can you remember starting to think about purpose? When did you first think about this concept of purpose or mission or why does you're here? I would say that I re- it really started to surface after I graduated college. Yep. Because I, you know, after you graduate, you want to find that job. And I wanted to make sure that because throughout my whole college um, career, they would tell you, you know, if you want to be a journalist, you have to understand you're not going to make any money. And so I was like, well, I have to embrace that because pretty much performing arts the arts is just, if I'm not doing that, there's nothing else that I can do. Like, I knew that I wasn't good in math. I knew that I wasn't someone that's like, you know, interested in doing research or just, you know, right brain type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I knew that I needed to make sure that whatever it is that I put myself into, that I was going to enjoy it and that would outweigh the fact that I'm not making it a lot of money. Yeah. So it definitely have to be something that I know would be helping people and leaving a mark. So then it makes sense that I'm doing this and I'm making this sacrifice to live kind of below what I would love to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, can you tell us what it is that you do today? Well, I currently work for Ketchum as the receptionist for Ketchum and CDM LA. And um, I, in the midst of that, am a mother. Yeah. And so that has really been my, my focus. Once I had my daughter, I kind of let my career path kind of like stop. I didn't want, I knew that because um, my mother worked in entertainment when I was growing up. And I didn't like that she was always gone. And so I didn't want to do that to my child when I had her. Yep. So I have made sure that w- what I have, whatever career that I put myself into, it doesn't take away from my time that I'm able to give myself to my daughter. Yep. So I am okay with being, you know, doing the nine to five. So that's what I'm doing. But I also want to still set an example to my daughter that you can be whatever you want to be. So I am still looking into writing again. Um, I am thinking about doing a lifestyle blog. Um, Also, you know, trying to find my my way back into the journalism world. I'd already committed to um, going back to the black journalist meetings that I used to attend to start networking again. Um, And just doing more writing on the side. I also am into fashion and Um, they just made this very known at the church that I do this thing called closet therapy where I go to someone's house and I basically show them how to, you know, rework the items that they already have in their house. So instead of going out and buying a whole new wardrobe, working with what you already have. So I kind of do those kind of things on the side to keep my creative juices flowing, to keep feeling like I'm doing something more than just working a nine to five. So you have an interest in writing, mm-hmm. you um, do closet therapy, mm-hmm. um, you have, uh, you sing. Um, which of those do you feel is most you? Oh, good gracious. It's so hard to pin myself down to one thing because I'm not a one thing type person. Yeah. I like, I get bored too easily to just settle on for one thing. Like uh, two years ago, I had a fashion blog and 
I loved going to the fashion shows and I loved writing, you know, and, and writing about the events. But then I was like, still something missing. Like, I'm tired of just talking about fashion. I started going to theater plays and started writing about that. And I was like, but now that's conflicting with my fashion website because, you know, theater and fashion aren't really that connected. And so I was just, I would say, if I had to pin it down to the one thing, it would be writing. Yeah. Because I can do that with anything. I and I noticed that when I got when I used to get, you know, finish a story and it was published and um I got to read it, I was I would just light up and feel just so accomplished. And then, you know, when I see these people, like I'm, I interviewed a lot of celebrities, especially some that I really, really admired, and I can look back and say, I remember talking to them, I remember interviewing them, and then hearing their stories, a lot of their stories inspired me. Yeah. So I would just, I would say, I'm a writer, that's, yeah. that's me. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. When I was younger, I I didn't have a clear view of what I wanted to be. I knew that I wanted to be successful. I did think I was going to be a psychologist. So because I love studying psychology and um, human personality and still on the side, I read everything having to do with human personality and how we work and you know trying to eliminate certain habits and things like that yeah. for a while i was writing a mental health stories for a website and so i um i thought i would be a successful doctor um but still doing artistic things on the side i thought by now in my I'm 33 now, so <laughs> I thought I'd be, you know, married and, and have my my family and we both, me and my husband would be, you know, successful career people. Uh-huh. But I'm not. I'm still trying to figure things out and say, no, not yet, but I'll get there. So thinking back to your childhood, what did you, when was the first time that you can remember having an image of something that you wanted to be when you grew up? When my mom asked me, she just, um, she made it a point to ask because she said that she, what she got from watching like all these um, child actors and things is that they always knew how to answer questions. Like, and so she thought, I want my children to know exactly what they want to be when they grow up. So she just asked me that and I just kind of threw something out there. I didn't know. I was just like, uh, doctor, uh, maybe a teacher. Um, but things that I, but she noticed, because I asked her at one point, um, actually recently, like, I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is. What, you know, they said that it's usually something that you do naturally without even thinking. And I was like, what is that have do you what is it that you've seen me do naturally without even thinking and she was like sing and I was like well that can't be my purpose because I don't want to be a star like I don't want to sing and um and be like you know have to do like travel and sing in different arenas and things like that I just want to sing when I feel like singing and but that is something that comes naturally but um, the first time I really just thought about it, I remember in 
I remember we were in art class in my high school and my friends, they were talking about one of my friends sitting next to me and saying that she, they could see her being some successful lawyer and all of this. And then me, I've always been known to be very fashionable. Uh -huh. And they just, for me, they just kind of said, well, I see you being some rich man's wife and, you know, and, you know, or just kind of like working in an office, kind of like a secretary. And that kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, I'm so much more than that. Right. And, and when was that? That was in high school. I was in about the 11th grade in art class. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and these were younger girls that were talking to us about what they saw in our futures. And I didn't want that to be me. I wanted to be so much more than just a pretty face or right. a fashionable you know, person. So right. I, I aspire to make sure that I did stuff that left a mark. Yep. And again, thinking back to your younger days, were you somebody that just sang around the house all the time? Yes. I loved musicals. Yeah. I was almost in every musical at my junior high. Um, my school, I always went to performing arts schools. And so I, um, I sang uh, in the, I did The Wiz, I did Hairspray, uh -huh. and then I just, my favorite um, musical is Jesus Christ Superstar. And my family on my dad's side, they are just so into musicals. And so my mom could sing too. Yep. And it's just, I remember I thought I was gonna be an opera singer when I first started. So it wasn't, my voice wasn't, you know, wasn't there yet, but I would just, sing in operatic form <laughs> and then yeah. eventually my voice developed into something else and then I realized that oh well I can't be an opera singer but I can sing and I remember the first time that other people discovered that that was something I could do and that was in elementary school and we were going to sing um, one of uh, Michael Jackson's songs, uh, Heal the World. Uh -huh. And my teacher was trying to teach the class how to sing this song. And I realized that like, I can hear, like when I listen to a song, I can mimic the notes well. And so I ended up teaching the song and my teacher was like, I didn't even know you could sing. And I was like, well, yeah, I just don't announce it. But right. yeah, it's just like a, a discovery certain talents I don't know or I don't promote. And then when I do them, people are like, oh, well, you can do that. Well, why didn't you say something? And it's just more of like, I wasn't sure that that was something that I should be doing. Yeah. You mentioned that your mom was in entertainment mm -hmm. um, and your dad as well? No, my dad is just in fitness. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what what kind of influence would you say they have had over your career trajectory to date? My mom is definitely a large influence. I have definitely realized that now. Um, she worked for Joe Jackson when I was a baby. Um, and so she worked as his assistant. And she's also worked as like um, an assistant to uh, a record producer. And she's also done PR for him. And so she was doing those things without knowing that that's what her title was. Like she was doing PR and not knowing that that's what she was doing. Um, and so I would watch her, you know, put together showcases and put together these parties or these events. And I would always be like, 
I just look so fun and so me. And so when I grew up, you know, I didn't think that I would be a, an event planner or an organizer or even in, in you know any of those things that my mom did, but I knew that I was going to be in something in entertainment because we also did a lot of acting when we were young. My mom put us in um, lots of drama classes. I actually was awarded a gifted and talented um, certificate from my elementary school. So we had to learn these uh, these monologues and then perform them in front of a couple of judges. And so I would do that and I just, I loved it. I loved being on stage. I loved being able to create certain emotions with my face and with my 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 voice yeah. and still to this day like if I'm watching something and I feel like the actor didn't like say a certain line correctly I can like see that script and think about and I'll think about how I would have said it to make it come off the way I think they were trying to make it come off so it's my whole life is just wrapped into entertainment how much of that would you say, you know, one of the things obviously in entertainment mm-hmm. um, is that a lot of kids get pushed into it in some form or fashion. Was right. there any aspect of you that ever felt that or was it or do you remember it being a uh, sort of a, a feeling and a desire that emanated from from you? So it's funny. I it is something that comes from me. But when I didn't think that I was good enough, I wanted to quit. And what I did, I used it as an excuse and said that I felt like my mom was pushing me to do something that I'm not able to do. And so that was not the truth. It was just, you know, with auditioning, you sometimes you, I, I didn't handle the rejection well. I began to absorb that as, I'm not good enough. So yeah. it was just, it's something that I wanted to do, but I'm also afraid to put myself out there to not be good enough. Yep, got it. So you're growing up with um, kind of this heavy entertainment mm-hmm. focus and interest, singing and acting. Where, um, what happens with that during high school and what happens to that after high school? So in high school, I was in gospel choir and a little bit more of my insecurities started to develop because I, my junior high, I definitely was like the front runner of every single show because I was pretty much the only person at school who could sing. And so um, I went to this, I went to Hamilton High School and that school is very saturated with performers and really good performers. And my gospel choir had, and I'd never sang gospel until I got into, I went to Hamilton. And these singers were so powerful that I was just like, my little voice is nothing compared to these people who are moved by the spirit and, you know, have been doing this for years because he would have alumni come. Right. So I got used to being in the background and I got comfortable there. And so I lost that desire to be in the front. Yeah, that's interesting. So what are you thinking then in terms of as you're about to graduate high school, mm-hmm. what are you thinking from a from a job and career perspective? I thought I was going to be a psychologist because I had friends that always wanted to talk to me and get advice from me. And 
I knew that I, I loved studying to figure out who I was. And so when I was graduating high school, I was like, I'm going to school and I'm gonna be a psychologist. And then I realized that I do not do well with listening to other people's problems because I will take them home and I will I will, they, their problems will become mine. I will be on the couch. So I realized that that was not gonna work for me. So I, while I was in college, I was like, I'm not gonna spend a bunch of money, tr- you know, trying, doing the trial and error and trying to figure out what I wanna be. So I did what I do best and that is doing personality tests. I did a personality, several personality tests on myself yep. to figure out what career would best fit me and my yeah. personality. So I did that and it, after I did the personality test, it gave you like this list of certain careers that would basically work well with your personality. And mine, it had journalist. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought about journalist or journalism at all. And I was like, but I perform so how can I, I, you know, I struggle with writing, but I love to do it, but I still struggle with it. But how can I, you know, basically pick something that would be able to give me the opportunity to perform and then also be able to tell stories like a journalist. And so I said, I'll do broadcast journalism. That'll work for me. I'll get an opportunity to express myself the way that I learned how to do it in drama. And then I can write and you know that would basically marry the two. So that's why I decided to go to school to be a broadcast journalist and I did everything surrounding that career. Yeah, what I'm trying to understand is in high school, you graduate high school, you're gonna be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. What, but your story leading up to that was all about singing, uh, entertaining. Mm What ha- what happens to that? Why does that fall off completely from the consideration set in terms of what you're going to do afterwards? Because I didn't think I was good enough. I know that, you know, if I had of not allowed that fear to to creep in and and understand that I did have something to offer, I may have not had that powerhouse voice, but I had a voice. Um, and that I could have still kept using it because I just wanted to do something practical, something that was going to make money. And I knew that if you don't have a powerhouse voice, you're not gonna make a lot of money being a singer. So that's why I decided to, you know, just kind of push the entertainment part aside when I graduated and go for something that seemed a little bit more feasible. But then when I realized that that, journalist that um psychologist kind of career that being in an office was not me in that it would do nothing but kind of hurt me (laughs) um i went back to what i knew that i loved i knew that i needed to still be able to express my artistic nature yep and so that's how you came up with broadcast yeah journalism yeah so you come up with that what do you do next So I went to Cal State Northridge and I realized like when we were doing like um, I had to take a tripod out and cover my own stories. 
I was just so full of life. Like I just was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This works for me. This makes me happy. And then I was tell I was actually just talking about this last night where my favorite thing to do for our newscast was writing the teasers. Like I got so tickled when like there was this controversy with um KFC and their chicken and I wrote like they had finger licking controversy. Right. Like that just made me excited that someone was gonna read something that I wrote that I was just tickled by. And so I loved doing that. And then after I graduated, I um, I actually interned with Westwood One and they had this BET radio thing going on. And so I learned how to write for them. Yep. And I was writing entertainment and then I was covering red carpets and, you know, getting those interviews and then writing stories around those. And I was excited doing that. And then after that internship ended, she actually referred me, um, the person that I, I worked under, she referred me to a gentleman who had a website called uh, Lee Bailey's EUR Web. And what I did for him was, first he sent me to go out and interview people. Then it was writing the stories. And then I ended up doing radio scope for him and doing um, writing stories and putting in music to like, like create a complete feel of my story. And to this day, like that was exciting because it was like, I remember when I was really, really young, my dad's car, he would have like those soap opera, radio soap operas on. And I loved listening to those. I would not get out of the car to go to school until it was over. Right. <laughs> and so when I was creating those, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, and, and being able to tell a story over the radio was, was exciting. And so I just started doing all of those things. And then unfortunately, when the recession hit, it was right around the time that I was having my daughter, my first child. And yeah. so the uh, Lee Bailey couldn't afford to pay me anymore. Um, and so I basically lost that position. And then I was also writing for a hair website and they were going in a different direction. They were uh, no longer gonna be writing stories. They were going to just start doing referrals or something about hairdressers. So I lost those and it was almost like I couldn't, I lost myself. I couldn't find my way back in, especially after having a child, because I didn't want to do anything that would take away from being able to pr provide for her. But and so I couldn't be the the person that was that I was before her, where I would I flew to Chicago to go network um, to try and like get onto a, a newscast or whatever. Like I couldn't do that anymore. Right. So I needed to figure out what I needed to do to still be doing what I love and provide for my daughter. Yeah. So that's how I basically ended up where I am right now. Here's a question for you. Um, throughout the years, what, has there been anything that your friends or family or colleagues, what's the, is, is there something that they consistently come up to you for advice what kind of advice or what kind of services if there if you were giving services but what, what kind of counsel do they seek from you it sucks because it's always fashion okay. <laughs> it's always fashion um, why does that suck because it's not something that I wanted to be trapped into but it's always something that people come up to me about um, 
I actually love shopping at this one boutique and she asked me to speak um, and to her cl- her clients about dressing the curvy woman. So I did that and it's on YouTube too, um, uh-huh. basically where I'm telling women, women how to dress their, their bodies the way that they are, you know, instead of like trying to prepare for the summer and losing all this weight, just like be happy with what you have because there are clothes made for your figure. Right. And so I was teaching that. And then, um, like I said, I did closet therapy. A friend called me, was like, could you help me? Like, I don't really have money to go shopping. And then I then told her, well, I can come to your house and show you how to mix some things up. So I did that and she was like, you should make an app for this. And because she would send me pictures and say, what do you think about this? And then I would kind of tell her what she can add to her outfits. And so that, that was a thought, but it's always fashion and always go shopping with me. Yeah. Can we dig into this for a second? Sure. Why does that not sit well with you what about that doesn't sit well with you you know when something it's because it's fashion and getting dressed is so natural to me it's so like I just do it kind of thing that I don't think I really have the talent that they're really seeking. They're seeking Even me though to, they're seeking it. Yes, they're they're seeking me to tell them how to do something where I don't even know how I really do it. It's just that I and, and I basically tell them all I do is have fun. If I put on something and it makes me happy, then that's what I'm going to wear. Like, I don't care if it doesn't seem like a lot of people are stuck in the matchy matchy or does this, is it good to wear this label or, or all of that crap? Like, I wasn't taught that. My mom, I grew up watching her like literally put on music and play in her clothes and makeup outfits. Yeah. So that's what I do. I literally play in my clothes and I stumble upon something that I like and that's my outfit. And you've been doing this your entire life? My entire life. Fascinating. Um, So to you, it seems almost so basic as to like, this can't possibly be meaningful. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. It's like, this is so easy to do for me that like, I feel like a fraud because it's so easy. But what do you make of the idea that people are coming to you for advice on it? They're literally wholeheartedly coming to you for (laughs) advice. They're saying, help me. Mm -hmm. And you're helping them. I'll do it because I love a challenge. And I've, I've, I remember asking, because a teacher, a journalism teacher of mine, she would go, she went through the class and basically pointed out everyone's strengths. And mine was intrepid. And I was like, but I'm so scary. How am I intrepid? I don't feel intrepid. And then I, I told one of the person I was dating at the time, and he was like, you are. He was like, you will you know, you'll have your reservations, but then you just dive into it. And so, yeah, it's pretty much if someone says, hey, come do this. And I'm like, "Uh, it's really not like, I don't really do this, but okay, fine. Yeah. What does it feel like when you're either dressing yourself Mm -hmm. and or when you're giving counsel to a friend about how to dress? What does that actually feel like to you? Is it, it is there a feeling associated with it? There's different feelings. So for myself, getting dressed for myself, I am always creating an image and, and thinking about the image that I want to put out there. And because my mom has always taught me, like, you know, to work on my image in that I am a, 
a brand to brand myself. So I that's how I dress myself is according to what I want my brand to be. And I am I've already determined in my mind, even since elementary, that I was always gonna be sophisticated. I was always gonna be feminine and ladylike. But then when I got older, I was like, I like to be a little bit edgy too. So I'm going to wear big chunky, you know, necklaces or big bow ties just to add a little bit of, I'm whimsical and all of these other things. So when I'm creating those things, I'm just putting pieces together that are me that are communicating who I am so a ton of thought yeah yeah, yeah. it is when when I break it down <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but when I'm doing it it's so not, easy yeah yeah and when you think about this idea of fashion and your abilities in that space and you put that side by side with say singing and entertaining mm -hmm. what do those two feel like to you What's, what's, is there, what's, is there a difference in feeling between those two? No, they're almost the same when I think about it. Because, I mean, as a performer, you're also thinking about different parts of you that you want to project into different characters. Um, with singing, and you listen to a song, there's certain words, there's certain you know, rises in a song that you want to put a certain part of you, a certain feeling, a certain memory into. So they're all different ways of expressing a part of yourself. So yeah. that's, I think they, they all give me the same feeling because I'm still expressing myself. I don't like being put in a position where I'm not able to express who I am. Yep. And then if I'm gonna ask it another way, there was a moment in time when the singing became daunting, mm -hmm. right? Because you saw other singers mm -hmm. in high school. Um, have you ever felt that same feeling about fashion? Oh, definitely. All these girls with their blogs and like taking their selfies. I don't, that's not me. I am not I can I tried that whole taking pictures of each outfit that I wear for the day, but I don't like it because there's a part of me that's also um, where I don't like women to have to compare themselves. I don't want to have, you know, and it was brought to light to one of my cousins. She actually commented, she was like, you know, all these things that you're wearing, cousin, like we don't have, I don't have that figure. And so I'm like, see, I am doing exactly what I hate that society does. And it's like, you should look like this. I don't wanna be part of that. Right. I want, you know, my way of dressing, and like I said, is about expressing who I am, not, you know, trying to be what I see. And so I don't wanna be, contribute to that. Yeah. So when I see these other girls and they have their blogs about fashion and taking their selfies, I'm like, I can't do this. Right. That's why I'm like, no, I'm not really, you know, a fashion coordinator or, or anything like that. It's just I got a I got a skill and I'm open to sharing. Yeah, and it's interesting because you're what you are sharing with folks about fashion is a very um, you know, dress yourself. There's there there are clothes for you. Mm -hmm. There's clothes for your body. There's it's very... Um, accepting yourself. Accepting yourself, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very reflective of that. Yes, because it has to do with me and 
my passion for psychology and personality. Yeah. It's like, don't run away from who you are because the more you do that, the, the more difficult it is for you to dress yourself. Really, like when you're trying to look like what other people look like versus who you are, it's gonna show. And it's, people are going to look at you and be like, what are you wearing? And I noticed that just, you know, with myself. It's not like every day that I, I have like a, a winning outfit. Because <laughs> sometimes, I, you know, growing up, I would pick certain things that were, you know, I liked it on that person. And that person had this certain type of way of being. And that the way that they dressed was part of that. But when I did it and I'm not that way, it just looked weird and it felt weird. And so what I realized is that whenever I dress according to who I am, about how comfortable I am with who I am, that's when my outfits get the most compliments, is when I am putting pieces together that are reflective of who I am. Yeah, what's the key of, uh, for putting together an outfit that is reflective of who you are? Really understanding yourself, really you know, evaluating things that make you happy. Thing like for me, certain colors make me happy. Half my wardrobe is green. Um, and I, just, I said that green became my favorite color when I was in fourth grade. I wore this green and white outfit and my cousin was like, you look so pretty in green. And I was like, thanks. And it just made me so happy. And I just pretty much grabbed onto that color. And every time I wear that color, people compliment me because I made it part of me. It's like every, and, and people, when they think of, they see green, they think of me. All of my friends, they think that's Ricky. Green is just my color and I've embraced it. So I added in my wardrobe or I really love like sparkly jewels or, you know, not like glitter, <laughs> but like stones and so like when I find or I love vintage anything that just looks like it's been there for a while um, I'll buy jewelry that looks like that you know and so I just whatever it is that I know that I love that makes me happy there's an outfit there's an outfit piece that a designer created there is a jewelry piece that someone created that is reflective of those things that make me happy. Yeah. So if somebody comes to you or one of the people that have come to you in the past and said, hey, help me get dressed, mm -hmm. how do you help them identify that? So when my friend asked me to come help her, I, I didn't want to come there and half-ass it. <laughs> and I didn't want to come there and act like I know what I'm doing. But I did do some research. I decided to sit down and write a couple of questions to ask her about her and what it was that she really wanted to say with the clothes that she wanted to wear. And why is it that she felt like she wanted me to help her? Like, what is it that she wanted from me? Um, and so just getting to know that person is the the key to me knowing how to help that person get dressed. Super interesting. So last question on this line, mm -hmm. have you taken the idea of doing anything in fashion off the table? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. 
um, a couple more questions before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. What has um, been, would you say, the biggest aggravation in your career to date, if anything? There's definitely an aggravation. <laughs> My aggravation is I am not soaring as far and as fast as I would like to. I am not reaching every, you know, I I haven't found my place yet. So that frustrates me because I wanna find my place. Even though I don't wanna be put in a box, I still wanna find that place. What does that mean to you? What's that gonna, when you say your place, Mm -hmm. is it a certain job? Is it a certain career? Is it a certain feeling? What, What is that? I think it's go- I'm going to I'm going to feel it. It's going to be a certain feeling that I know that I am finally home. I have finally embraced completely who I am and so I'm doing exactly what it is that that is made to be my purpose. I'm doing that and when I know that when I'm doing my purpose that I'm leaving the mark that I want to leave and that I would feel comfortable and you know and nothing else will matter because it's all about me finally finding that there's an emptiness. There's an emptiness here in my in my heart. Yeah. That I am trying to feel, and I know that it can only be filled once I have completely figured out what it is I'm here to do. So when I'm doing it, I know that I'll feel it because it'll fill that hole. And is there anything that you have done to date that you think has come close to filling that? Um, when I was writing stories, um, just writing other people's stories, you know, like the, the, the artist and the performers, when I would listen to their stories of how they achieved their success or got the part that they were in, um, I loved doing that. And I loved when they would come back and tell me how reading the story that I wrote of them, like I just completely got them. So the fact that I'm able to understand people and, and tell the story so others can understand it and learn from it and be inspired by it, that was definitely, I was on the path. I was on track. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'm gonna come back for a second here. What you just said, how does that compare to when, a, when you're helping a friend with fashion? Still almost very similar um, connection. I am happy and settled when they feel confident enough to go and do it themselves and enjoy doing it. You know, my whole, I got, my first job was uh, working in retail and I was the top salesperson actually. My, my first weeks, uh, like three weeks in, I, I received an, a, an award for being like the, the highest selling person. And it wasn't about what I could sell to them. It was because I would definitely be with that person that I was helping and getting to know them and getting to and trying to figure out what their lifestyle was like and what they wanted to communicate in their job positions that they were trying to get dressed for. So like when I got them to finally just accept who they were and understand that like certain things they don't need to buy. 
certain things they don't need to wear, but if they got these few pieces that they feel very comfortable with, they would be happy and they would be able to build upon that and create the wardrobe that would make them confident and you know and be able to do it all on their own they won't need help when they go shopping like i my i hate when people try to help me because i know who i am i don't need you to tell me because i feel like a lot of the salespeople they just say oh that's cute they're not you know giving the confidence along with the sale and right. so my whole thing was giving in the confidence of of what you're you're putting yourself into if I'm hearing you correctly, when you accomplish that mm -hmm. and when you are helping whoever it is that's coming to you for advice with fashion, mm -hmm. when they walk away feeling good about themselves, you that's walk away I'm feeling happy. very fulfilled. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. When I've gotten someone else, because I mean, me growing up and how I am, I struggle with accepting me. And so when... And, and it's important to me to finally just get there to where I accept who I am. So when I get someone else to do that, it empowers me. It, it, it definitely makes me feel like I'm leaving an, a mark, you know, a bigger mark, because it's someone that's able to be confident in the way that they look and, you know, and just or the, the way that they were structured because they were made that way for a reason. So, yeah, it just it definitely gives a it fills that void. Yeah. Um, last question, Ricky. Mm -hmm. um, how, knowing what you know today, mm -hmm. based on your career path um, and, and life, how would you advise your younger self? Don't be afraid to take risks. I, I definitely would tell my little self that, because I'm, I'm still my little self. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still telling her to this day that, and reminding myself that, Whatever it is that you think you can't do, but somebody brings to you because they think you can, you probably can. You definitely can. Because every time someone has brought something to me that I was like, I don't think I can really do it. But when I did it, I did well at it. So it was just because I refused to do anything that I'm and not be good at it. So just whatever comes in front of you, Go into it and hold on to it and make sure that you still put every part of yourself into it. And so, yeah, I would just tell myself to stop being such a scaredy cat. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Morris, fantastic interview. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. No problem. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating, and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.